0: Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche prod, podcast even, wow, uh, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Megan, Jesse, Rudo coming to you live here today. Uh, first of all, the bad news, Nathan McKinnon will, quote, miss some time, according to Jared Bednar. No specifics because, you know, it is the Colorado Avalanche after all, so... You're not going to get those. It's just how the world works sometimes, but it's not something that is clearly he's good to go right away. So not a huge surprise there, but also not great. Don't love it. So could be better. And to add a little bit of insult to injury there, Jason Megna gets claimed on waivers by the Anaheim Ducks. So the Avs lose another player from their NHL roster. Uh, the hits just keep on coming, I guess. You're muted, Jesse.
1: Damn it. Um, no, it's it's pretty crazy uh, again. I mean, you know, the Nathan McKinnon news obviously, we don't know a ton uh, at this time. No practice today for the abs, so we won't really get an update until morning skate tomorrow. Um, but again, like I've mentioned it several times now over the last multiple weeks that the most frustrating part of this has to be if you're, you know, Jared Bednar in the abs uh, is that none of these guys are getting out of here with just bumps and bruises and need to miss a day or two, you know, need to take a couple of days off. All of these thus far, with the maybe small exception of, of Lekkinen, who we still don't fully know, you know, the full extent, um, all of these injuries are multiple weeks. Several games, um, and and now you know it's looks like it's the same same thing with Nathan McKinnon, and then yeah, just just to kick them while they're down, they lose Jason Magna uh, on waivers. So I mean, uh, they're 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 down a lot of bodies.
2: I feel like the Jason Magna waiver claim elicits some laughter from the fan base, not just because it's comical how injured this team has gotten, but. I don't know if people are valuing what Jason Magna meant to the organization's depth properly. I think people have pointed out that he's had some pretty tough showings, especially this season, but he was the captain of the Colorado Eagles and he meant a lot to the organization. I remember when he was on waivers earlier this season in the circles I run in that are heavily Eagles-influenced people were concerned that he might get claimed even earlier at the start of this season. And those are people outside of my obvious Eagles bias who see the value he brings to the organization (laughs) because they're within it worrying about this being a possibility to happen. And so I know maybe to us here, it's a little bit surprising, genuinely. I also expected him to clear, but I think there are people outside of us and in the front office and just in the league in general who did see the value a player like this brings. You know, he's a black ace in the playoffs. He is always good for a veteran presence if a call-up is needed at the centerman position. He was able to bring that. This team has just been plagued with so many injuries this season. No one was really in a position to succeed. This isn't to overvalue Jason Megna either, but this certainly is a loss to the organization, especially one battling injuries as much as they are right now. This is not good news by any means.
1: Well, it's so funny, Megan. Sorry, Rudo. It's, it's just, it's so funny because it's so easy to um, point at a guy like Jason Meghna, uh, you know, when, when you're fully healthy or, you know, just dealing with an injury or two and be like, Oh my gosh, why do you have this guy playing? Why do you, you know, this guy's no good, whatever, whatever. But this is where you truly do see the value in a, in a player like that, that, you know, again, we've laughed and joked at times over the years that, Oh, why would the abs call up Jason Megna? But there is something to be said about a guy who has experience in the league. He's used to being that call up guy. Uh, like there, there is a weird amount of like, you know, it's, it's seriously experience in terms of like what it's like to be called up and be having to live out of your suitcase and Uh, You know, being able to handle that from a maturity standpoint, knowing that, yeah, you're you're coming in to do everything they ask of you, but you don't really have like a clear defined role, um, you know, like on the larger scale Uh, and a team like Anaheim, like they're at the bottom of the league. That's a He'll probably play the rest of the season with the Ducks. So
0: I do want to make a small counter argument here. Jason Magna of Avs players who had played at least 10 games this season is their worst possession player uh, with a course 4 of just over 41%. Possession-wise, just is not a very useful NHL player. Uh, no points, obviously. And, and up until the Avs injury bug really just went off the cliff was a guy who regularly played under six minutes a night. With that being said, I think the loss is still felt by the Avalanche. As you guys have stated, they literally just need bodies right now. And certainly the Colorado Eagles feel his loss was the captain, was a significant presence for that hockey team. But I'm still struggling to understand why the Ducks claimed him. There have been significantly better options on waivers throughout the course of the first couple months of the season. I think you could even make an argument that Alex Galchenyuk would have been a better claim option for Anaheim than Jason Megna. But I don't run an NHL team. So the Ducks clearly saw something in Megna decided to move on it. It is what it is. What I will say. Was that?
2: Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I think Anaheim had a forward position like very recently. Something happened. I'm sure it was injury. Yeah. Um, open up that required this. So I honestly think it's just timing. Like, If this had been in a different order and Bleed and Dryden Hunt were put on waivers, um, I think we, some combination of one of these players would have been claimed.
0: Sure. And that's just the unfortunate reality of the timing for the Avs, which is throw it on the pile of as bad as possible right now. Uh, but we're going to try and be at least a little bit positive today, uh, do our best. I do feel like we've talked about the injury side of the abs quite a bit and, and how negative that is. And at times we've glossed over a lot of the Av's call-ups as, you know, warm bodies or just players that are going through the motions or whatever. And that's true to a certain extent, but we wanted to take a deeper look at some of those prospects and actually talk about who's been good, who's been not so good, where the Avs are succeeding when it comes to their AHL call-ups so far this season. Uh, I Do we all submit our top three ups mm-hmm. Nice. I don't know if we have a graphic or not, but we all do have our top three. Oh, hey, look at that. Look at that. We all have our top three. Uh, I feel like... I cheated a little bit, so let's start with my third one because technically (laughs) Ben Myers has never been called up. He's only been sent down. And at this point, is it inevitable that Ben Myers is the next on the list to get called up here with the Avs now needing another spot to fill?
2: I think there's something to be said for the fact that he hasn't been called up already because he seems like an obvious choice ahead of John Luke making his NHL debut. And even the looks that Sampo and Allowson have gotten, he seems like he would be a more obvious choice that there feels like a real clear pa- plan for Myers to stay in the AHL um, that they've been really committed to. And... It's a lot more realistic now than it was before, but I do think it's important to note that they have evaded calling him up where they really could have, and it's because of that reason I could see them getting squirrely with it, and having Charles Udon come back up and play center, and giving someone like Sampo another look, or someone like Cal Burke coming up and playing center, because I think they're trying to balance sub number of how many of the young less experienced NHL games players that they have. Um, And Cal Burke is someone who has a lot of EHL experience compared to Ben Myers, who I feel like is still adjusting to the pro pace at, at both leagues. But I mean, it's the most obvious and simple solution. I just feel like it's been interesting that they have avoided calling him up, up until this point.
0: Look, I'm a simple person. I I like my advanced stats. I like looking into the numbers. I have plenty of opinions on hockey players that I think are good or bad. Sometimes it's not that complicated. You look at the Avs call-ups. If you're including Ben Myers in that conversation, I know I'm cheating a little bit there. You Hmm. know what he has that all but one of the other call-ups doesn't? A goal.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And sure, that yep. goes a crazy redirect from nonsense hockey. But he's got one. Jason Magna didn't have one of those. You look at all these other guys; they don't have one of those. Not Jacob McDonald. Not Anton Bleed. Not anybody else. We'll get to Martin Kout later. He does have one. But I, I he also had one last year. Like sometimes a player's just got it. Yeah.
2: I feel like he hasn't really found his offensive touch with the ahl just yet and he's given more opportunity right he's getting something close to top six minutes power play time and he's still struggling to find his offense to the degree that i expected of him because he has been able to score at the nhl level and i look at when he was with this avalanche team last year and to start this season and they were a lot healthier he had a lot more talent around him that is my concern with any call-up right now I think it's why we're not seeing very visible players out of who's called up right now and it's my concern for if Ben Myers came up right now he's going to be surrounded by a very different team from when he started the season and because he hasn't been lighting it up in the AHL the way that I expected him to I don't I wouldn't have that expectation for him right now
0: that's fair it, it probably is way over expecting for any of these guys to really produce at the NHL level with the roster. The AVs are icing right now. That's just the reality, but I, I mean, I'm looking through it. And first of all, it is December. We're not even two months into the season and the AVs have had 33 players suit up for them so far this season. 22 forwards.
1: 22. That is insane.
0: Twelve insane. are on a roster on any given night.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's. I I really I really don't I, I know I know we see teams every year go through like crazy injury spells. Obviously, Vegas is the the most popular one to talk about from last year, but um, I I really don't know if we've ever seen anything like this where it's. I mean, it's it's basically every single night. And it's a top player every single night. Like you're not, you're not getting, I guess, outside of like the Shane Bowers one, you're not getting any guys that like you're calling up. None of them are getting injured, which is like great for them, but it's, it's a key player every single night.
0: It's weird now because the injuries. Yeah. It's a key player. It feels like every single night, and now the Evs are starting to see this trickle of, oh, Martin Cout is sick. Oh, Jason Meghna gets claimed to where they're getting like nickel and dimed on the depth players now as well mm-hmm. in different fashions. But it, it's just rough. And, and that's why we're here talking about the best call up so far, despite th- honestly there not being a ton of certainly offensive positives to talk about when it comes to things like production. So...
2: We have to talk about who's been loudest.
0: Ah, yeah. Do we have to talk about that, though? (laughs) Uh, For the record, uh, when it comes to Ben Myers, look, sample size is obviously extremely small. He only played three games so far this season. Uh, He was very, very bad possession-wise. Got pretty much his head kicked in at 28% of course e 4 in those three games. So there was a reason he got sent down. Uh, but, you know, I figured I'd take a different look at it. Uh, let's, let's bring that graphic back up. I I know I, Jesse and I had Galchenyak, who did Megan have. But Ranta, great. That's who I want to talk about next. We'll talk about him in just a second after I tell you amazing people about DraftKings Sportsbook where you can go right now and you can bet $5 on any NHL team. When you sign up for a new account with code DNBR, you can get $150 in free bets when you're correct about an NHL team winning their next game. So go check that out on DraftKings Sportsbook. Of course, you can also bet on all sorts of other things. You can bet on the Colorado Eagles if you want. Don't know that I recommend it, given their roster (laughs) is mostly the Utah Grizzlies at this point, but you could bet on or against them, I guess, if, if you're more about money than betting for the hometown team. That's, that's your choice. So either way, go over to DraftKings. Use the code DNBR when you sign up for a new account. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See show notes down below for details. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also brought to you by Athletic Greens. You can jump on today with Athletic Greens. Just one scoop in your cup of water every single morning to get your immune system boosted, help get you going for the day. A bunch of athletes use it as part of their workout routine because it's got 75 different vitamins and minerals in it. Probiotics, adaptogens, all sorts of good stuff. Don't know if it'll help with the abs injuries, but uh, it can certainly (laughs) help with your day every single day. So check out Athletic Greens. Willing to try anything at this point. Honestly, the abs should (laughs) be taking anything they can to stay healthy. Go to athleticgreens.com slash avalanche to let them know we sent you over there. And when you order, you get a year's supply of vitamin D as well just for purchasing. Uh, Again, take control of your health know a lot of people who have been dealing with the flu right now. Athletic Greens can help with that. So athleticgreens.com slash avalanche. Second period of the DNVR avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sampo Ranta. Maybe the polar opposite of Ben Myers. Of the call-ups that have played more than a single game, Ranta is the best possession player of the bunch at a nearly 59% Corsi. So I don't think you have to sell me too hard, Megan, but sell me on Sampo.
2: That is a part of it. And it's how he utilized the limited time that he has had in his call ups. Um, he, he, at least made himself, I hate using visibility and loudness to talk about players (laughs) now, but it's actually true. I noticed him every shift and I saw him driving to the net front area. There were a couple of scoring opportunities where I saw him leading the charge on them. He got lost defensively. This is still a concern for him at the NHL level. Honestly, even at the American League level, that's just an area for him to focus on a little bit. But I liked what I saw in his commitment to play. And You look at his tools. They're really obvious. It's his physicality, right? And I liked that I saw him unafraid to use those tools at the NHL level against NHL talent pretty fearlessly. And so for that reason, though he might be considered still a little bit of a project, I was really pleased with Sampo's showing, especially compared to what we saw of him last season. He was completely invisible what we saw last year and so Mm -hmm. i feel like i've had a little bit more to look at with a sampo compared to some of these other players to include poor ben myers like i still haven't seen ben myers at the nhl level as much as i've seen sampo so i'm not writing off poor ben myers it's just really pleased with the progress sampo has made
0: all right i can't disagree i think it's certainly better I do run into with Sampo the issue of Jared Bednar's utilization of his bottom six, right? He likes to use that unit as a defensive first unit and whatever offense you get, you kind of get out of. And there are still times where I feel like Sampo is lost in the defensive zone. That's why we've seen him fall back on guys like Jason Megna, Anton Bleed, et cetera. While I may personally disagree with their caliber of defense, Certainly, Jared Bednar feels comfortable with it. So, is is this where you think they're heading, Megan? Are they going to call up Sampo?
2: Honestly, I don't know what to guess anymore. It's probably <laughs> as simple. It's probably as simple as Ben Myers. But here's the thing: when Bowers got hurt, I was a huge advocate for Charles Udon being the call up over Jason Magna, and I was absolutely wrong about that. It's, oh, it's taken so many injuries for us to even see Charles Udan. So I don't want to play the guessing game because I like to have fun, and I think that they should do something fun and let Charles Udon play C and have Sample come up, but I don't think they'll do it.
0: I mean, Charles Udon was fun in the last game. Seven no. shots is fun.
2: It was fun. <laughs> Can he play center at the National League level? <laughs> I personally believe it. AJ and I. We had a salty conversation about this <laughs> game. I genuinely don't know, but I'm impassioned now. I want to believe he can.
0: I, I hope so, because if he can't and they won't call up Ben Myers, who knows what's next?
2: Cal uh, oh, Burke, baby.
0: <laughs> I, I'm sure Cal Burke's a great guy, but.
2: He seems very nice.
0: Boy, I don't know if there's an NHL player there.
2: I genuinely don't know.
0: Uh, Jesse. You have Galchenyuk third. I wanna I wanna shift gears in that one. Another one where it feels a little bit cheaty to call him uh, an Eagles call-up, but he technically is. Yeah. I've
1: got him here for a couple reasons. Um one, I mean, like I, I really am. I'm I'm this is not a guy that won the job out of camp. Um we talked about him yesterday on one of the shows. I don't remember. Uh, that look, the the abs did not. This is an organization that's been criticized in years past for, um, kind of handing out uh, roster spots to veteran kind of retread players, um, and, and kind of skipping past some of the the kids in your system or your prospects, whatever. It is not the case here with Alex Galchenyuk. Uh, He went through camp, obviously with the injury. Uh, He comes back. He does goes on another PTO. He sends his second PTO with the Avalanche. Plays multiple weeks, multiple games. uh, I believe five games uh, with the Eagles before he even earned a contract and got that call up. And part of the reason why I think he really counts now is the Avs waived him. Like you know, they they're willing. They're saying, hey, we're we're willing to send you down. We we think that you can be part of this, but we're willing to send you down to the Eagles to. Make sure that you understand what it is we're about as an organization, how we like to play, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So I think he fully counts as a guy that is considered an an Eagle call up because they made it clear yesterday that his roster spot is not guaranteed. Um, And and the other reason I had him here, I I just, I seen, especially after last night, but even going into last night, um, just a lot of, people talking about how this, you know, how Galchenyuk's been no good. He's been terrible. He took two penalties last night. He wasn't great. Um, But I, I just, I really haven't seen it that way. I think he's been more than just fine. Uh, I, I, I think he, his defensive game already looks better than what it was uh, when he got here. And again, like people need to kind of shift, maybe their focus on Alex Galchenyuk to me, the abs are treating him, as a prospect there's a development plan for him there's a plan to get him integrated into the systems um all of that and 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 they are going to follow it the way that that they see best fit um and and thus far through his first i think three games maybe four after last night again i've lost track of games played for all of these call-ups at this point there's too many um yeah (laughs) um I think he's been. I think he's been good. Um, again, no no production yet, but this to me is a guy that, from what I've seen early, it's small sample size. I'm not saying he's you know a world beater right now, uh, but from what I'm seeing, I, I do think this guy has the potential uh, to play a, a decent role in the Abs bottom six uh, once they get fully healthy, if they get fully healthy, um, and and a lot of that is because it doesn't look to me like he's just going out there and trying to hammer pucks home, which is kind of, you know, what we've talked about has maybe been what he's been told at a lot of stops in his career. I just go out there and try to score goals. And he doesn't look like he's doing that. He looks like he's actually engaged. He's trying to be bought into the systems. Um, I can think of actually three off the top of my head, really nice defensive plays of his, whether it be getting back into the rush, uh, you know, good active stick, uh, or just stepping up on guys uh, at at the blue line, and um, so I have him on there three uh, on my list just because I I do I've I've liked what I've seen from him and I think he's got a chance to to make an impact. Um, I'll say long term, but you know beyond beyond this injury window.
0: I hope so. And then I look at his advanced stats and I feel bad. <laughs> another another guy who has gotten caved so far when it comes to possession metrics. However, while I do think in a better situation his metrics will not be great, the Avs' bottom six at this point could take any infusion of skill possible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's just not much of it beyond a guy like an Alex Galchenyuk. And, and his skill has been at least somewhat apparent in the handful of games that he's gotten. It's not another Anton bleed, Jason Magna player where they're literally entirely invisible. And the reality is for, you know, the foreseeable future, the abs are going to need to find ways to squeak a couple of goals out of these guys. And And Alex Galchenyuk is someone who can probably do that for you. So mm-hmm. again, I don't. I even with the poor possession metrics, Alex Galchenyuk, I don't think is even close to the Avs' worst forward in the lineup right now. No,
1: no, no, no. And, and and again, like I just the 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 poor possession metrics just they really just don't bother me right now. Simply because you got and it's not just him. It's not exclusive to Galchenyuk, but you know, you've got all these guys playing with different players on every other shift. Um, You know, Galchenyuk already is coming in kind of with, you know, you know, a little bit of an uphill battle in terms of learning a new system, getting integrated into something completely different than what he's ever been a part of uh, in terms of expectation and pace and the way this avalanche team likes to play. So like, we all knew it was going to be rough for him out of the gates as it was, um, but then you factor in there all, you know, all of this stuff again, last night he started on a line with Jason Meghna and Anton bleed for a guy that you're looking to, you know, bring his defensive game along, you know, to the point where he can get himself in position uh, to be an offensive impact player. That's just not, that's just not going to happen with that, with that line um, on either sides of those things, right? Like those have been two of the abs worst um, possession players this season. He's actually been
0: not the worst, but been all right. Not, but but
1: I mean, still, uh, it's just it's just not a great combination for him to be having big impacts there. Um, I think it's going to get better for him. They've got thirty days now of flexibility. Um, Again, with these injuries, I I would be surprised to see them (laughs) flex that. Um, But but they, they have the ability now if they want to send him down get more comfortable with those systems. And then once you get some bodies back, play him somewhere that's a little bit more advantageous to not just like putting him in position to score, score goals, but somewhere to be successful on all 200 feet of the ice. Um, and, and I, I think he'll get there. I've, I've been fine with him to this point. I haven't had any real issues outside of the two penalties last night.
2: I really haven't either. He was an honorable mention and He's in a similar place as Myers where I think they have a future plan for him beyond just being a temporary call-up. And I think some of the penalties he takes come about because he is attempting to play defense. Even a failed clear turns to a goal against. These are an overarching theme of Galchenyuk with a commitment to playing defense. He's just not executing very well. So if that same commitment to play defense is met with a commitment to unpacking what went wrong and how he executed defensively, I am not too concerned, especially if he can also start to feel more comfortable with the offensive side of his game, because that is his strength. I think this all speaks to a future plan for Galchenyuk, but I have really not been unhappy with his showing so far.
0: Quietly. You'll notice none of us put any defensemen on our lists. <laughs> Just leave it at that. Uh, the options are not great on the defensive end. <sighs> Megan, you uh, taking – oh, go ahead, Jesse. No,
1: no, I was just going to say, I don't think McDonald's been bad, bad.
0: <laughs> he's in a tough he's, spot. I'll put it that way. To me,
1: he's, he's been maybe their most inconsistent call-up, in my opinion. I think Jacob McDonald's had a, some nights where you're totally fine with what he brought. Uh, and then he's had some nights where it's been pretty bad. So um,
0: two years ago when they started using Jacob McDonald and it was just wild man fun times all the time, my thought every night was like, "He, there's no way he can keep getting away with this. And that entire year he kept getting away with it. This year, he's not getting away with it. Right? Yeah. He's actually being forced to play defense and it's not great.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so but I anyway... No, you're good. If you guys have stuff to say, cut me off every time. I don't have, I'm not an interesting person. You guys, you guys got the details here. Uh, Megan going with Mikhail Maltsev. Obviously, he's shelved for what, at least the next two months. So, unfortunately, not one where we can go, hey, help is on the way, but at least sell me on some positives here because the ABS. It's certainly been a little enigmatic the way they've used him.
2: Honestly, this is more so to avenge Maltsev. I felt like after the Golden Series not getting reconsidered for a call-up, the showing that he had I felt was perfectly acceptable. Obviously, you'd like to see more from everyone. But similar to how I described Ranta, I saw the way that Maltsev was effective in other events throughout the game. Hits, takeaways, he is pretty solid at the face-off circle. Even at the NHL level, like this is something that they would absolutely have benefited from right now in a centerman if they needed one, and they, they might. Um, that I don't know what it was because the criticisms of his game have been consistency and it's engagement, it's playing with pace and being unafraid to engage in board battles, puck battles. And I watched him doing that in his call ups this year. To a degree that I didn't see him doing last year consistently, I really thought he had addressed that criticism specifically. And so I couldn't pinpoint what went wrong in the front office's eyes to not get another call up back. So this was to avenge Waltz. I really thought he had some nice showings, and I think they would be really happy to have him if he was healthy right now.
0: Certainly, if you're. Looking at it in a vacuum, Maltsev's underlying numbers have been just fine. Not great or anything, but he's not killing you possession-wise. He's playing an okay number of minutes in, in what his NHL time was. I know there are some current concerns from the Avs on his effort level in the back end and, and all of that. But when you're comparing warm bodies, Maltsev seems like one of the more capable ones. Now, again, this is all kind of a moot point because he's injured and won't really be an option until hopefully the Avs are starting to get healthy again, or are ar- already healthy again, as he should be one mm-hmm. of the last guys healthy. Um, so that is unfortunate, but it definitely worth bringing up that the Avs problems are so bad now <laughs> that we're talking about, even the warm bodies are like, Oh, well, he's not an option anymore.
1: All right.
0: Um, All right. We have two left to talk about on our list. But before we get to that, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get yourself some at your local liquor store. Use the Breck Beer Locator online to find it near you. Of course, check out BreckBrew.com. They're doing a bunch of awesome giveaways and stuff. I believe it's called the Nice List for Christmas. Uh, so you can go find that on brickbrew.com as well, where they're giving away a bunch of free stuff. Who doesn't love free stuff, especially around the holidays. So we love them over here. Go check them out. We're also brought to you by Illegal Pete's. So, I, I, you know, we have an Illegal pizza down by the bar. We we love them over there. You would not believe how often people roll in with an Illegal pizza burrito to the bar. <laughs> so uh, we clearly love them here. Uh, they're, they're just awesome. Highly recommend. They have happy hour from three to six every day. You can stop by one of their 12 locations in Colorado and Arizona and the holiday season. They're hooking people up with something extra if You get a hundred dollars on gift cards. You get an extra 25 for free. So jump on it. Go visit happy hour. Go get yourself an illegal Pete's burrito and gift card. If you visit often, you can get a great deal. You get a bunch of free stuff. It's just the, the best way to live. And burritos are the best. I, I love burritos. I could spend the rest of my life eating just burritos, and it would be fine. So You're so versatile. Right. You can put anything in those things. So many options. Uh, abs, not quite as versatile with their depth, but making it work as you can. Another person on the day-to-day list. Jesse, you going with Jean-Luc Foodie?
1: Yep. Yeah. Tell me. Um... Look, I, I just, I, I did, I I liked, I liked his game. We, we, we were talking and kind of joking about it last night. You know, AJ obviously felt very different. Um, I just, I liked that he, in my opinion, he came up and he did what you want a call up to do. He came in, he played with energy. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he he moved his feet and, for the most part, I thought he made smart plays. He tried to be creative. Um, you know, he, he found a way to move his feet and get into areas that, that he allows his skill um, to kind of shine through, which is what we hear Jared Bednar talk about all the time, put in the work first and then everything else can kind of come with it. Uh, and, and I thought, I thought Foodie did a good job of that. You know, I, I, I think it was his second game. Uh, where, you know, he, he went into the corner, draws a penalty, mixes it up a bit, gets a couple guys to kind of chase him down as he goes to the bench. Doesn't give it a second thought, jumps right off, team goes to the power play. Um, I thought foodie as someone who genuinely, I, I really didn't think that he would ever even sniff the NHL this year. Um, I, I thought he came in and did exactly what you would like a player like him to come in and do. Um. I thought of, of all the call-ups that we've seen over the last few years, I thought he was one who stuck the, the most true to his identity um, early on. You know, he integrated right in, didn't feel like he had to be somebody else, um, made some nice plays, and, um, I mean, almost almost generated a couple goals there um, if, if, you know, this team was able to finish a little bit better right now. Um I really do. I, I, I thought he would have gotten some top six looks, uh, yesterday. He was playing there, uh, by the time he got hurt. Um, I just, I just thought that he, I thought he did a great job coming in and, and doing what was needed while not changing who he is.
0: All right. Uh, Megan, anything to add? As you've seen him the most in the AHL.
2: I was surprised pleasantly by how well he fit in at the NHL piece. His skating is one of his strengths, so that isn't completely a surprise, and I actually think some of his skating is what he will take back with him to Loveland to evaluate how it is so easy to take penalties if you don't have control over every aspect of your body, to include his skating, because sometimes he crashes the net front too hard. And that's the other criticism of Mahfudi, is being too much a perimeter player. I did think he was finding ways to get to dangerous parts of the ice in the little amount that we saw him. And I was happy to see that because it probably feels more dangerous at the NHL level. He didn't seem to show fear in that way. And it just seemed like a great experience for someone like Foodie to be around an NHL team. I remember one of the shots of the bench is Foodie literally sitting next to Nathan McKinnon as they're getting instruction behind the bench. And I think just seeing the process of the Avalanche team up close like that is so important for Foodie. I think what we saw teased of his offensive upside was so fun and his game has been described as random and that would maybe be the only criticism as defensively. It is a roll of the dice, what you're going to get with foodie right now at the NHL level. But I think that's something that he can work on with experience because everything that he teased offensively, his playmaking was so fun to watch that I was really satisfied with his showing all around.
0: Yeah, i I don't disagree. Uh, I think it's definitely a little bit still raw, as Jesse mentioned, in a season where you aren't nearly a dozen injuries deep. You're probably not seeing him in the NHL, but in a situation he's been put in, I only think you're taking away positives from his NHL time. So Mm -hmm. very, very good there. And then, of course, all of us at the top of our list, the one I think real success story for call-ups this year has been Martin Kout who has a little bit of production, three points in 14 games, has, in my opinion, proven himself to be an NHL-caliber player. (laughs) You know, all of this is taken in context. Is Martin Kaut a top six player? No. Is he being forced to play in the top six right now? Yes. Because that's where the abs are at. But if you can compartmentalize that for a second, has Martin Kaut done enough to stick with this team once they get healthy.
1: So, so, so I have Martin count at one because how can you not, right? I, I mean, like he, he was called up once and outside of some paper transactions, uh, he hasn't been sent back down. So he's stuck with the team. He came into camp. He knew this was his last shot to, to prove that he could play in the NHL. Um, so you're happy for him. Me personally, and this is maybe just – this has always kind of been how – I just haven't ever seen Martin Kaut as having, like, real NHL upside. For me, I just don't see that. I, I just don't see the compete level from him. Um, I don't see the skill come through at the NHL level. And, and, and you know, he's he's done a good job on the penalty kill – but I just, I just haven't seen him really do anything that I would say, yep, all right, well, there's one roster spot that you're, you're settled on. Like, for me, even though I, as we have him as across all three of us, as, yes, he's been the best eagle so far, I, I, I don't. Like, I don't have him penciled in to stay with this roster after, you know, once they get fully healthy. I still think he has a lot to show to get there. Um, he needs to find something that only he can give you. That is what Martin Cout has never done, in my opinion, is he's always been a, a Jason Megna to me, a Jason Megna type. I, I, him and Jason Meghna are not the same player, but you know what I'm saying, where it's just like, yeah, there's 20 guys in, in the Eagles conference that can do what Martin Cout is doing for you right now. And I still feel that same way. Um, It's good that he's stuck. It's good that he seems that he's adjusted a little bit to the pace. Um, But for me, there's still nothing that Martin Kaut does that stands out as unique. Versus really any of those other players that we've been talking about in terms of who they've called up. Um, He's just kind of been the semi most consistent, which again, big credit for him. That has always been his knock. Um, But yeah, to me, I, I'm, I'm still not ready to call him a full time NHL player.
0: One counterpoint I want to make here uh, Jason Megna, who has played now 34, 41, just shy of 50 games for the Avs, played 49 games, zero goals. Mm-hmm. Didn't score a single time. In 37 games, Martin Cout has scored three goals for Colorado. Yeah. And sure. That is, that is the one place where I see Cout just a step above those quadruple-A players. Again, I think he's an NHLer. I certainly think it's a bottom six role for him. But I think there's just enough offense there that he should be in the NHL category. Uh, I get it. I get he's not the type of player that Jared Bednar likes. He doesn't play that hair-on-fire game. He's much more of a methodical player i would say intelligent player defensively and maybe that's just not a fit with the abs system especially when they're mm-hmm. healthy but to me that's an nhler so megan well, and,
1: and see for, for sorry before i'm no, going to preemptively yeah. cut megan off and and that that is my issue like it's easy for us to say he may not be a fit with this avs group because this avs group is when they're you know at full health they are the cream of the crop in terms of playing with pace and playing with structure. Nobody does it better than them. Everyone wants to get all excited about New Jersey this year. They look really good, all of that. Nobody plays with, with speed, skill, and structure the way that the abs do. And that is where this league is going. It's all fast. It's, it's a lot of skill. Um, everyone is playing with their hair on fire. And I just don't see Martin as having that element up to his game To to me, really, even when we talk to him, he's he's just really kind of like lackadaisical, yeah, uh, I'm just, you know, I'm just happy to be here. Um, I just, I don't see that, that fire in him that Jared Bednar likes to have in his locker room. And again, I don't know him personally. I don't know what he's like behind the scenes. Maybe he's the second most competitive guy in that room behind Nathan McKinnon. I I don't know that I can just go based off of what we see. I believe of those three goals he scored, two of them are power play, um, and, and I, I just I just I've never seen him as NHL potential. So again, I am fully willing to admit some of this is like not biased. I don't have it out for Martin Kout. That's just not how I've ever seen him. Um, so I'm sure that there's a level of this that, like, that's just how my brain looks at him. And I look for spectacular things uh, again, I've got him as the most successful Eagle thus far this season. I think it's great that he's finally been able to stick beyond nine games. I'm happy for him. Um, I just, I think he has, he has to get to another level if he wants to stick in the NHL, the way it's going. Um, Megan, I'm sorry.
2: No, it's okay. It's a difficult question to answer. Before Cal has had this year in this season that he's had, I've been an advocate for him being an NHL player. And I still am to a degree, but there are concerns and part of it is the role that will be available to him on an NHL roster this one when the abs return to health and that is going to be a bottom six role in my opinion and this has been where we've seen him get less visible because his ice time is a little bit more limited he's been a player that needs a little bit more runway to show out in games and I will say I have liked what I've seen of him defensively especially what he's brought to the penalty kill that might be the thing that sets him apart and gives him a skill set to stick in an NHL lineup, but he has been kept on a short leash in that regard. And so even that has been kind of sheltered. We really haven't been able to see him fail defensively on the penalty kill because he's been very limited in how he's been used there. And so it just gets more limited from here. And that's what makes it difficult for me to imagine what Martin Cout will do when this team returns to health. And I just look at today's NHL because if we had this conversation yesterday, we would be in a reality where Jason Megna wasn't claimed off waivers to a team like Anaheim. So it is feasible for me to imagine that Cal absolutely belongs on an NHL team somewhere systematically, stylistically right now in Colorado, it is a little hard when the team returns to health to see it because I look at someone like Sonny Milano, who had a hard time getting a contract offer at the start of the season. And he is someone that I, I would maybe view in a similar light as having a lot of skill upside, but, um, but it just feels like this league is moving towards a direction that is really competitive. There have been names that have cleared waivers this season that I was surprised to see get reassigned and stick in the AHL because I have seen them show out at the NHL level before. And so for that reason, the hurdles ahead for Kout are pretty big. They're going, it just gets deeper. Like, I, he has not had an easy path to the NHL, and I think that's still true um, because, I, I would like to see just a little bit more visibility with the opportunity he has had. It has been, I don't want to say top six minutes, but top six talent playing alongside him, which does elevate his game to a certain degree. And like Ruto mentioned, he has found some scoring. Um, I would just like to see a little bit more, aside of what we know from the PK specialist he can be offensively, I'd like to see that skill show through just a little bit more because that is something I've seen in him at the American league level. So that's kind of the one thing holding me back, committing to say, yes, he belongs on the ass team when they return to health is I just, his role changes a little bit too. And it's hard to fully uh, envision it.
1: Well, and, And so that kind of goes hand in hand with, with the point I wanted to make next. We have a comment here that says if your hair isn't on fire, You're not an abs fourth liner. And I just think that is so, so true. Again, you go back to this playoff run. And we even talked about it on yesterday's uh, post-game show. That fourth line for the abs was such a a weird X factor for them in the postseason. Just the way they were able to hunt pucks on the forecheck. They they weren't just surviving their shifts. They were playing against other teams, you know, top six at times. And they were actually – Causing those, those, you know, their their opponent, whatever line they were up against, to really just kind of waste their shift, spending forty five seconds just trying to get over the red line, because they were so hard on the forecheck. They were their sticks were in lanes, uh, they were heavy on the wall, and and then you know they that fourth line had a decent production, uh, you know, run in 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 the postseason. So for me, I just he needs to, he needs to have one of those things happen for him, where he just says. Cool, I, I'm 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 shifting gears. I'm playing with energy. My legs are never not moving. I'm on the wall. I've, I've got a stick in, in in you know in your hands every every time you touch a puck, anytime you get near me. That way he can fit into a bottom six role for a team that is contending for a Stanley Cup. Or he really needs to start finding that offensive touch and start with hitting the net, maybe. Um, so that he can fit into a middle to top six kind of role. He just he, – he needs to pick one. I, I just don't think you're at the point anymore in this league where you can survive for years just being a good penalty killer. It used to be like that. You used to be able to, to be a, you know, a penalty kill specialist if you were really good at it, and I agree with both of you that he is a little bit you know, more of a methodical kind of smart defensive player the league is not looking for slow methodical, you know, players anymore. You got to be able to play with pace. You got to be able to think at the NHL speed uh, and you got to be able to make the plays. And if he can't, if he can't carve out that role in a more limited ice time, like you're saying, Megan, then he's really got to find that offensive upside that we've been talking about that we've been hearing about for five, six years now. Where is it? One of those two things really has to start shining through. I'm not holding this time right now against him because, yeah, I think we can all agree he's being overextended. Regardless, I think a lot of people are. Um, So I'm not necessarily saying right now, but as this team starts to get back to health, he needs to pick one. Am I an energy guy who just skates you into the ground so I can fit into this bottom six? Or am I going to let this skill come through and be a bit of an offensive threat who's got defensive upside? He needs to pick one of the two because this organization has too many guys that can do both um, for for him to be able to get by on on just being a good penalty killer or you know a smart defensive player. He, he's gotta he's gotta add something else to his game. And I think it's good that he's getting this much time at the NHL level because there's no better place to figure it out. But um, so, he's he's gotta continue to take steps.
0: Let me let me phrase it to you this way. If you could take a healthy abs lineup, there are certainly 11 forwards that are pretty much locked into the lineup. There's one spot available. Anyone from this list, and I'm going to add Anton Bleed and Dryden Hmm. Hunt as options as well. Who gets that last spot?
1: Uh, I think, theoretically, I think they're banking on it being Galchenyuk. and i think that's honestly what you're probably hoping for cuz he has the highest upside in my opinion um, of of the that group of, of names you showed there if he can if he can reach that that kind of peak all right it's kind Megan. of a toss
2: up between myers and galchanyak i really think they have a plan for myers though i didn't put him in this mm. list i still see him being in the future plan for this team before the regular season ends. Like I, I think they do plan to bring him back. They're just not rushing him up right now, especially why right now Wait, they would be sending him into a <laughs> Warfield. Like there just isn't a great reason to bring Myers up right this second. They are counting on returning to health. I think they have a plan for him. And then there's still Galchenyuk to contend with. It's, I don't, this is hard.
0: And the reality is I- the Avs will almost certainly never be that healthy. Uh, you know, hopefully healthier than they are now, but to have zero injuries is just not the reality of the NHL.
1: I I really do. I, I thought this preseason um, and, and just as the season goes on longer and longer and he sticks in the NHL longer and longer, I really do still think uh, that Martin Kaut is part of your trade deadline plans for this year. Um, I think that's a first round player that you can now say, Hey, look, this guy's stuck in the NHL for us all season. He's got good upside. Um, I, I think that's going to kind of be their, um, like, you know, their, their, their ace in the hole is a first-round pick, Martin Kaut, and then go from there um, come come trade deadline time, uh, you know, whether it be, you know, whoever, Bo Horvat, Jonathan Taves, whatever. Um, I, I still think that's the case. Um, so that's why I don't think it's – count for me sticking I, I think it's one of those other names and then count if I had to put money on it I'd say he's still on the move uh come trade deadline
0: a definite possibility uh, again in a in a healthier world we're talking about two three four of these guys not seven eight nine of them for Colorado so it, it is a lot of this is just living in the room you're in for the abs right now and and trying to make the most of the situation. Um, Any final thoughts on the call-ups before we get out of here for today?
2: Yes. My honorable mentions.
0: Oh, how many are there?
2: There aren't that many. There aren't that many. (laughs) I just feel like Shane Bowers didn't really even get a chance in this because he only took three shifts. It's so it's, it's not, to dismiss Uh-oh. Shane Bowers because he didn't do well he we just genuinely didn't get to see him and I'm I'm hopeful to have a new conversation when he does play in a few NHL games and reevaluate how we feel about that.
1: So I, I, I'm not even joking when I was putting in my list at three I almost put Shane Bowers because I thought he had three great shifts like I really did I thought those are in terms of Eagles guys like making their debut this I did year, too. I, I thought those were <laughs> this is gonna be a really silly thing that I say. But I thought those were the the, the 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 best first shifts of any of the guys that have come up this year. I thought he looked like he fit in. He had two, he created two like legitimate scoring chances on two of his first three shifts. Um I really did. I I thought I thought Shane Bowers had a had a great little three-minute, two-minute debut. Um I, I really wish he wouldn't have gotten hurt because i i was really excited for him and i did i thought i was like man maybe this could be a little bright spot in all of these injuries is if you can find out that you can pull an nhl you know forward uh out of shane bowers so i really did i thought about it but i was like you can't i can't i can't put this guy on the list after three shifts but two and a half really um but i did i thought i thought he had a really strong start to that game uh he's skating generating chances uh I, I thought he was i thought he was really good for
0: two minutes <laughs> all right any more uh than Shane chain bowers on the list
2: charles udon it was uh, similar to bowers one single game that i also don't feel like no. you can really evaluate his showing based on one game but he was really visible even compared to some regular lineup guys so I just feel like he does deserve another look, especially right now, because what do they have to lose? There's still a lot of injuries. He might be somebody worth getting a second look.
0: Okay. I He's going to get a second look with no Magna for sure. So we'll see what happens. Uh, be honest, I'm keeping my expectations very low for this Boston game coming up, but
1: mm-hmm. anything
0: is possible. Uh, you know, we'll have you covered pregame watch along post game for that one. So be sure to tune in tomorrow. We appreciate all of y'all hanging out on this abs off day. I'm sure. We'll have some more Nick McKinnon news tomorrow as well. So we'll see. We hope to talk to you then, but for now we will talk to you on the next one.